Hello, this is Cass from Community Cauldron. Thank you for joining me for another episode of this podcast. I am excited to get into the astrology of the present and there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to be focused on the partial lunar eclipse occurring at the moment alongside a full moon in Capricorn. And this is all very potent stuff. That I'm going to be discussing. But before I get any further, I want to do something on the recording that I usually do beforehand, before I hit recording. Um, and that's because I want to make explicit the values that this podcast, this project, and that I hold. Um, I try to do that every time that I record. And if you haven't noticed already, uh, part of the values of this podcast is that are values that are deeply connected to being anti-racist and to being um, part of healing a lot of the colonial violence and dismantling a lot of the systems and structures that hold those legacies of violence. I would like to deeply honour and acknowledge the land in which I am recording, the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This land has been subject to a violent colonial project aiming to dispossess and steal these lands away from those who have held them in sacredness and ceremony and as such a significant part of of connection to community for millennia these indigenous people in australia have been caretaking this land and storytelling on this land and making art and connecting to the sky and nature forever and it is a disgusting disgusting reality that racism has permeated every single system and structure that is in our society unsurprisingly because the root of this nation is a root of violence. And no matter what else people would say, that is a true statement. That is a true statement. And I wanna acknowledge that this is an unreconciled dispossession. It is one that is ongoing. The violence isn't in the past, it is in the present. It is present in the over-incarceration of Indigenous Australians. It is present in the violent treatment of Indigenous Australians by many of our systems and structures, including the police, but also the government, the medical establishment, the legal system. There is an over-representation of Indigenous people being charged with criminal offences that other people that are white get away with. There is a targeting of these communities with really fucked up um, lists in which you get put on and surveilled by the police even when you are a child. This is also present in the drastically different health outcomes that Indigenous Australians experience in this country with life expectancies decades less than their white counterparts and with so many other fucked up fucked up microaggressions occurring on a daily basis and microaggressions are something that you know as somebody who is not marked out by racism um, marked out by any of the things that would make me a target for these racist systems and structures I do not have to deal with and I want to just be very explicit that it is vitally important to listen to and to believe and experience as valid which they are the 
uh, the stories that are being told right now and the, the level of privilege that it is to be witness to those stories and not have to experience this violence firsthand. That is a privilege, a privilege to which I did nothing to earn. And I want to be very clear that this is not something that I'm committed to or that any of us should be committed to only when it is trending or only when other people are fucking looking because that's a performance and a performance is not capable of actually changing us deeply. When we perform something, it is not actually able to really get into us. We are not able to really let that energy seep and and be um, expressed at the very core of our being so this is just such an important thing to be explicit about at this moment in time and always and in a, in a structurally racist society it is not possible not to be complicit in that racism and it doesn't matter how much you believe yourself to be a good person or believe yourself to be beyond seeing race or being impacted by it in your daily life. That's not true. It's bullshit. And the thing is, it's so insidious that it is invisibilized to the people for whom it is not something that is directly experienced. And that contributes to these dynamics that we're seeing play out at the moment, not just here in Australia, but around the world. With the Black Lives Matter movement in the United States, there is a clear articulation by communities of colour about the violence that they have experienced for a long time and the ways in which that violence is made invisible to folks who do not have to be on the receiving end of it because they are not marked out in ways that would make them a target. I will always, always connect to my commitment to show up to this work every single day. And that doesn't deserve a medal. It doesn't deserve a cookie. It's the fucking least that we can do. It's the least that we can do. If you're not interested in these perspectives being part of your magical, astrological, philosophical um, healing journey, then I don't think that this is the place for you. I will always, always continue to include these structural issues as part of these conversations because personal healing is never, ever separate from the political, is never, ever separate from what is structural. It is impossible to have a, a, a solution to a structural problem at a personal level. It's like with um, environmental concerns, you know, individuals' changes to their behaviour, recycling is not enough to actually um, address that issue at, at a structural level. And it's, it's the same thing with these racist systems and structures. That is what is needing all of that healing to be done. All of the trauma that is as a result of all of those systems and structures is directly responsible um, for the healing that is necessary on a personal level. And so it's vital that we talk about healing the personal by also talking about how we heal the collective, how we alter and change and renegotiate the systems and structures that currently exist so that they are less violent, so that they do not hold all of that um, 
that intention, that genocidal intention, that murderous intention, that invisibilizing intention, terra nullius, land that belongs to nobody, that was a lie. That is a lie. It is a product of a mindset that is not able to see things outside of the way that it sees things, not able to see that people can hold value for land and not extract it in a way that harms that land, that people can have a deep connection to nature and a deep, deep, deep wisdom and not necessarily record that wisdom in the way that you do. So I would talk about this forever, but at, at the end of the day, I am not an authority on this. Uh, so my place to take up all of this space in regards to this issue, um, but I want to be very explicit that this is deeply part of the work I am doing as a white woman and a spiritual white woman at that, um, who benefits from these systems and structures every single day uh, in ways that I'm conscious of and in ways that I am unconscious of. And as somebody who has and will continue to fuck up with relation to this stuff, but who is humbly and earnestly and with very, very deep commitment showing up to this in my life and asking the people in my life to do so as well. So with all of that said, this is fucking powerful and potent time in, in our collective experience. You don't need to know much about what is happening at the moment to see that we are at a, a massive, massive confluence of several enormous, enormous events. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic is one of those, but we're seeing the, um, these other issues come much more to the surface in a way that no one can look away it's not that these issues haven't always existed, they have, but that those that are not directly impacted by them have had the privilege of not having to look and face all of this harm and all of this horror and to recognise that we're complicit in it in ways that we are conscious and unconscious of. So what's contributing to all of this intensity? I will be recording uh, a, another sort of... Um, Another episode, which I might actually do as a video because I want to have some slides going along with it that will go into some of these, um, these things more deeply. Um, but one of the big things that's occurring at the moment is uh, a series of conjunctions between some of the big and powerful planets in our solar system between Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter. So I'm not going to get too deep into this because like I said, I will record a separate um, episode that really drills down into what this all means. But what the confluence of three of these enormous cycles is doing is what many in astrology have been calling for several years um, will be a societal reset. Basically, there's uh, cycles that are occurring between these planets that have uh, different lengths. So the Jupiter-Saturn cycle is roughly 20 years. The Jupiter-Pluto cycle is roughly 12 and a half, 13 years. And the Saturn-Pluto cycle is 37, 38 years. So these are all um, cycles of conjunctions that occur in a rhythmic way. They don't usually all occur together. So when they do occur together, it's a very powerful, powerful time and a time that allows us to recognize that the Saturnian and the Jupiterian and the Plutonian are 
highly present in our daily lives as a collective. Now, Saturn has a force that is uh, contracting and cooling, and it wants to create structure and it wants to create form. It's a, a sign that connects us to the mountain. It's a sign that connects us to the bones and the teeth, the parts of us that will endure after we are gone. And that is sort of the connection we can then give to um, society. It's at that broader social level. It is what are the sort of platform systems and structures that endure beyond any one person. So this is structures like a government. This is a structure like a legal system. This is a structure um, that could be the environment, for example. Um, it's very Saturn and Capricorn energy are both very connected to the environment. And so having all of those uh, parts of our uh, society implicated in this structure and restructure process that is occurring. Jupiter is uh, a form that expands. It's really, it takes the knowledge that, that Saturn kind of um, gains through experience and through time, and it really actually turns that knowledge into wisdom. Um, and Jupiter is a gas giant. It has a magnetic field that is able to um, to, to have a diameter that is larger than that of the sun. And it actually envelopes the orbit of Saturn. So these are two planets that are very connected to each other. Um, they were the furthest planets away in more traditional astrology before there were more powerful telescopes. Um, these two planets were um, the furthest that we could see. And so they really connected to these more collective um, and bigger picture um, ideas. And the other planet that's really relevant at the moment is Pluto. And Pluto is a, a kind of destructive metabolizing force. So what it can do is it can release energy in an explosive way. Pluto connects us to atomic um, and nuclear power. And it also can really connect us to this transformative capacity Pluto wants to actually deconstruct something and break it down in order that it can be reprogrammed and transformed um, and disrupted. Uh, because what we can understand is that um, not everything that endures uh, does so in a way that is actually supportive. So there are times in which we need very significant um, and often quite powerful and quite sudden disruptions to occur through these explosive releases of energy. And it's also very, very connected to power itself and not just power in its positive forms, but power as a corruptive force when it is not wielded um, in service of all, but instead is wielded in service of only the self or only um, folks that look like the self or act like the self or, um, you know, that the self is able, uh, the ego self is able to resonate with. So that's a bit of background on this enormous set of conjunctions that is occurring at the moment and the ways in which these three different cycles are all um, in this year 2020 are all kind of coinciding um, with each other and one cycle is ending and a new one is beginning but that's happening with three different planetary sets so it's it's huge it's enormous and this triple conjunction is also square to the planet uh eris which is a sort of um an energy that is connected to the principle of discord. And so there's definitely a lot of discord uh, that is present at the moment. And this is good. 
in the mythology where Eris came from, Eris was the one who threw the apple um, into the, the wedding party after not being invited that said, uh, to, for the fairest of them all. Um, and obviously <laughs> that was, you know, many people thought that they were the fairest. And so there was um, a lot of discordance as a result of that. And the events of that led to the Trojan War. And this is in Greek mythology, um, but, you know, there are many different mythologies. But this is something that I wanted to bring up because this energy of what is discordant is important because many times we want to disrupt the status quo if the status quo is violent, if the status quo does not conform to the values that we hold. The status quo is one that we will not tolerate because it, it harms people. So this is an important um, energy that I wanted to just bring up as connected to some of this um, current stuff that is occurring. There's also five planets retrograde at the moment, in addition to um, Pallas Athena, which is a very important part um, of, of the current configurations, hanging out in Capricorn right there with Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn. So we've got Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn all retrograde, as well as Neptune and Mercury. And, you know, this is pretty big. There's, there's often um, planets retrograde in the sky, but having all of this at once and having it in this uh, section of the sky that is particularly implicated in the uh, eclipse cycles that are occurring, with this eclipse being in the sign of Capricorn, we can really connect it to these themes of form, structure, responsibility, that which endures and sustains. Um, this is the energy of the mountain. As I mentioned, it's the energy of the bones and the teeth. Uh, and it's an energy that is in polarity and in opposition with the sign of cancer. So a full moon is always a time in which the sun and the moon are at the exact same degree of the opposite signs. So a new moon, they're at the exact same degree of the same sign, maximum togetherness whispering in each other's ears and the full moon is the point of maximum opposition it is the furthest point that they can be away from each other so it's always about this kind of um releasing energy and there can be a um attention to it not a negative tension necessarily but certainly um a tension of them pulling away from each other and um, communicating at the maximum point of difference. And so in this particular full moon partial lunar eclipse in the sign of Capricorn, the moon is in the sign of Capricorn and the sun is in the sign of Cancer, its polarity. Both are at 13 degrees and 37 minutes of the sign. And for me, this is occurring on the 5th of July in the afternoon and in many parts of the world, including the U.S., uh, this is actually occurring on the 4th of July. Now, the 4th of July is, for all intents and purposes, for the, um, for the, the, the project of, of America as it was uh, laid out in the Constitution uh, as formed by the Founding Fathers. Um, and Fathers is a very kind of um, Capricornian energy. Uh, but the... the that document signing really is the moment of the natal chart of the United States as a colonial project. I don't mean to say that it did like that they were not folks there and they did not have their own nations and their own tribes and their own systems and their own structures, and their own governance that all existed. But I'm specifically talking about the, the declaration of independence and the way in which that was the birth 
of the current form of this nation that we call the United States of America. And having this full moon lunar eclipse on this very, very potent part of the United States birth chart on the sun of the US, right? The sun of the US is the life force of the United States. When we have our solar return, it's the time when we um, have the sun coming back to the same place in the sky that it was when we were born. That's our birthday. And so just the same way we can create a birthday chart for um, a soccer team, you know, if a soccer team was founded on a particular day, that would be the birth chart for the team. If a business was founded, it would be, you know, maybe the time that it became incorporated. So, you know, we're able to really take that moment and then use it as a way to um, track that entity throughout time with relation to all of the planetary um, and astronomical movements in the sky. So having all of this occur on what is essentially the United States' birthday is fucking powerful and potent. And, you know, the United States is such a force in the rest of the world because of this kind of imperialist impulse. So we have this kind of cultural imperialism where uh, through globalization and media being everywhere, we're actually able to um, witness so much of this uh, United States culture and um, media and all of the stories and all of the issues that that particular global power has had um, for, for a long time were actually very deeply impacted by this um, country and all of the, the things that this country is navigating everywhere else in the world because of the, the, the degree to which it impacts us. The person that sits there in the White House impacts people all around the world because of the way in which the United States has made itself part of the sort of global community and the role that it has previously taken on. So with all of that said, what, what does it actually mean? So we have the moon in Capricorn and we have the sun in Cancer. And these, as I said, are polar opposite signs. So in this axis, in this polarity, what we're really working out is the, and I'll give you an image maybe that will help. We're working with the, if we look at the natal chart, which is a wheel, when we're looking at it, if we actually were standing um, ourselves, if that's something we can do, we would be imagining somebody standing uh, and it's the vertical line that goes right down the middle of, of, of a chart. Um, is connected to this polarity. So the feet, where the feet would be down midnight of the chart, that is the area of the chart that connects us to the sign of cancer. And it is the cusp between Gemini and cancer that is really represented by the Imam Kali, the IC, which again is the midnight of the chart and the place in the chart that connects us to our roots, to our lineage, to where we came from, to our sense of um, security, our sense of home. This is all cancer stuff, what nourishes us, um, where we belong. And so that's kind of how we can root ourselves and plant our feet on the ground um, and imagine, yeah, all of these roots extending that are nourishing us unseen, right? This is our ancestors, our well ancestors um, are, are nourishing us in unseen ways from, from the depths, from the core. And that's really cancer energy that can sort of connect us that, that we're actually here and that we're home 
Um, and that can be quite challenging for many of us, but it's definitely something that you can hold as you're understanding this polarity. Imagine those feet on the ground. There's also that polarity, which is able to connect us to um, Capricorn. It's the midday of the chart. It is the most public part and most visible part. It is when the sun in the sky is the most visible that it can be. That is the energy of Capricorn. And so if you can imagine the feet on the ground in, in sort of the, the root of the chart, and then you can imagine the bones and the skeleton holding that vertical um, posture, that making that possible, but then also stretching those arms up towards the sky that's kind of what we do in capricorn energy we reach beyond the individual and we allow for there to be something that is a little bit more collective and we sort of step into our visible self out in the world it's less domestic energy and more public energy um, and that looks different for everybody but it's it's something i want to draw attention to because it's important that when we're up in that energy of like how visible and how shiny and how sunny and how um, amazing we are and how much we're seen for ourselves and how much we're present in the public or we're doing this or we're doing that we're participating in all of these systems and structures of society you know we're standing in ship we're standing on earth we're standing in the mud and that that's not a bad thing but we don't want to forget that we don't want to forget that actually um, the seed grows from the earth and that when the earth is nourishing, it's incredible. And when the roots are healthy, it's incredible. But when the roots are rotten, we cannot receive nourishment and we cannot have that strength in the root that allows us to get taller and taller. We will collapse. We will topple. And when we do so, it will be um, in ways that are going to impact those around us as well. And so I want to just kind of bring this uh, image to mind because I think that it can be really helpful for us to never forget that while we might be looking up and we might be looking out and we might be um, trying to imagine a future, we need to look down and back and in um, into these more hidden places and really examine the root and examine the rot because we might not have been present for or um, the ones who, whose hands wrote that document or um, you know, uh, committed that violence, but we hold ancestral connection in our DNA to those that did. And this is borne out through epigenetics. We know that we are connecting um, at our very, the, the, the level of our DNA that we are holding um, our ancestors' genetic material and that that genetic material is meaningfully impacted by the experiences in the environment. And so while it is such a violence to be um, on the receiving end of this kind of, of, of trauma, it's also something to be aware of that if you have uh, colonizers in your lineage that you are going to also hold how much violence that does because being a predator is not good for the soul. Being a colonizer is not good for the soul. And, you know, it, it wounds us to wound others and it doesn't take away from the fact that it is, it is, it is worse to be the one on the end of, of, of the wounding um, directly, that it does not do good to have all of that 
violence operating, especially unconsciously in your system um, and to not be showing up and, and planting, um, planting your feet firmly in where you came from and in what, what you are complicit in because of where you came from and because of where you are now and because of the choices and decisions and actions taken by those that are not here any longer. You don't exist in a vacuum that is separate from all of that history because that history is present in the present and doesn't necessarily have to be present in the future, but that's the point where we act in the here and now where we actually are able to ourselves be a bridge of healing, um, where we can connect to our own personal healing and our ancestral healing such that we can show up for collective healing in ways that don't perpetuate more harm. So yeah, I want to kind of just lay out that image for you to imagine the part of the chart that we're in um, and the ways in which we really want to be uh, going back to the root in order to be able to, to heal and nourish and acknowledge because something that has not been acknowledged is not able to be healed. This eclipse is also opposed to Vesta in Cancer. So Vesta is the home and the hearth and the principle of devotion. And again, um, it's, it's definitely very relevant to that um, sun in cancer energy that the United States uh, has so prominently in its chart. At the best of it, the, the energy of cancer is yeah, where, where everyone gets to belong. And, you know, when we look at the, um, we look at the, the constitution that was drawn up by the framers in the United States, there was a lot there that has resonance with values that we might continue to hold today. The value of freedom, of being um, able to belong somewhere, to be able to be in, um, in community and that there can be, um, that everybody can be part of that. But, you know, that was the, the best of, of that of that kind of document and the worst of it is you know the the references to fucking merciless indian savages washington and jefferson were slaveholders roosevelt and lincoln were responsible for the uprooting and death of hundreds of native american people the worst of it is when we form uh the kinds of uh, communities that are closed to others that don't allow for there to be um, of there to be belonging and nourishment for everybody, that not everybody gets to experience the safety and nurturance of home. And home hasn't always been that for for folks, you know, their, their home that they came from. But whatever it is that that feeling of home, of security, of safety, of nourishment, whatever it is that that can um, come from or be experienced as is is important. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's, there's these values held in there that kind of connect, um, connect to what we might still be, be invested in. But there's also a lot of values that are fucking puritanical and values that are violent and values that see, you know, the indigenous people of that land as not worthy of respect. And so I, I want to kind of um, draw out a little bit of this stuff because it's just very relevant to all that we're experiencing at the moment. And we can see that the United States is having a lot of these issues brought to the surface at this time. And 
this is all happening as part of a big collective transit for that that project which is the Pluto return which happens around every 250 years and it's kind of like the Saturn returns that we have in our personal lives which really ask us to renegotiate and um, readjust the structures that we live from in order to, to progress forward into the next chapter of our life. It's kind of like that, but at a much bigger and more potent scale. Um, actually, both the United States and France are having their Pluto returns in the next year or two. And so you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of upheaval. The Australian Pluto return will be happening shortly as well. So these are times where that destructive metabolism that 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 force that wants to explode what isn't working is very present and the the exposure of the underbelly of of that project of that colonial project of the united states is something that we are seeing at the moment this virus is um, drawing out conversations that you know have been had uh, and have been tried to be had by people for a long time, but it's making things such that um, we can't just pretend that things are ordinary. With this July 4th uh, Independence Day kind of regular programming, it can't happen at the moment, you know, and that that's an interesting thing because it means that there's potentially a little window of opportunity for people to feel less um, or for, for rather a, a collective attention that's ordinarily paid that kind of contributes to the field of that um, that country can't happen the same way this year. And instead, potentially, that people can instead come into this more lunar capacity, which is very relevant to this Cancer energy because Cancer is the sign that we connect to the moon. So we can really instead come inward and do reflection and do um, deep, deep plumbing of our depths of what is unconscious, of what is operating at levels that we aren't necessarily aware of. And this is all really important because we need to do that. We need to do that work for ourselves. Uh, no one will do it for us. And it's emotional. Cancer is such an emotional energy. It's an energy that really wants to, wants to bring things together and Capricorn is much more an energy that wants to boundary and wants to structure and wants to calcify and harden. So it's important with all of this stuff in Saturn or stuff in Capricorn at the moment and all of these big Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter transits that are occurring um, that we're able to, to not lose the, the emotional and to not lose the um the lunar the really important work that we need to do to make the unconscious conscious such that we can process and release it and this is something that you know there's so many ways to do um, i would say that at this time one of the ways that is the most simple to actually do this is to hold that intention i i know that it's a, a really intense time for so many at the moment. But oftentimes we think that our ego is the one that has to do the work, but we have a soul and we have a version of ourself that is um, more deeply connected to that soul, um, is able to get on the line with the soul much easier than the ego can because the ego doesn't want to give up any control. 
And so by actually just, you know, taking a moment, becoming still and quiet and just, you know, in your head or out loud, um, inviting that your soul or your higher self be present for you today and that if there is healing that can be done, even if you aren't uh, aware of the contents of that healing, that you would ask that that occur for highest good in the moment. It's very simple to bring our intention and attention in a way that doesn't necessarily have to be about knowing the answer or being the one that is uh, telling the story. We don't have to give something a verbal processing portal in order for it to be processed. There are other ways in which to communicate with our soul and the world around us. And these are ways that maybe we don't feel are as valuable, but they certainly are because we want to be operating on the more subtle levels. It's easy to believe that, um, you know, the, the, the large can impact the small. It's much harder to believe that the small can impact the large. But working on these subtle levels is a really important part of the magic orientation that I have to the world because I don't believe that my ego is able to do things um, better than, than my soul is. Um, and so I try as much as possible to invite my soul to be the one that's driving the car. Um, and that, you know, is always something to come back to and return to and, and renegotiate. But it is something that is more simple than we might realize and that we can do more in ways that we're not even uh, aware of the, the positive impact by coming into our intention and our attention and by operating in this way where we know that our ego isn't the only one. And I'm bringing up the ego a bit because another thing that's very potent at the moment is uh, Mars. Now, Mars is a powerful energy in the chart um, and in the sky. Mars is very connected to life itself. It is the, the potent, powerful life force um, that we have in a sort of similar and also different way to the sun. These are both fire energies. Mars is the cardinal fire. It is connected to Aries, which is uh, the first sign of the zodiac. It is the sign that initiates the wheel of the year. And it is the screaming of life as it comes through the birth canal or, you know, just gets pulled out of the belly, um, out of the womb, out of that cocoon, that hidden place. Um, Mars is that scream that says, I'm here and I'm alive and I am messy and I take up space and I can be heard. You know, with this connection between Mars and Aries, there's often a connection to war and a connection to aggression. And while that, you know, isn't, isn't completely off base, it, it also was uh, something that the Romans kind of made up um, and added to the mythology of, of Mars because it, they, they needed a war god, you know. So there's, there's other parts to Mars and Aries that don't connect to war but can connect to primal, uh, primary life force and the kind of action and assertion um, that we can do to enact change on the world. If you want to learn a little bit more about this energy, I talk about this quite a lot in the episode, The Empowerer, um, because it's very deeply connected to the Empowerer or the Emperor card in, in the tarot is, is very connected to Aries energy and to Mars energy. Mars energy is also the energy of the tower in the tarot. 
that the tower is one of the cards that people often get quite spooked by, but it is some of the most helpful medicine <clears throat> that we can have. Not always comfortable, usually not comfortable, but it's the kind of energy that comes and completely transforms something at the very root of the thing that is able to, to, to collapse that tower if that tower is not built on a sturdy foundation or a, a solid foundation or a foundation that is in, in connection to your values. And this can happen in your personal life. You can have tower times in your personal life, but we are having tower times as a collective at the moment. And the trick with the tower is to try not to fight it. Um, you can hate it. You cannot like it, but to resist, it's like trying to resist a tidal wave. It's like trying to resist an electric shock from a lightning bolt it's like trying to resist the sacred flame that is coming to burn everything away that is not for us and that is not for highest and best so it's powerful energy and mars is in the sign of aries which is its home sign so it's extra powerful it likes to be in aries it feels itself in aries but you know, Mars and Aries energy is very energetic. It is not a slow mover. It is not a patient sign. Um, it is definitely um, that energy of being out in front and of, of being the scout that's, that's not afraid to lead the way and be ahead um, and be, again, using that assertive power and that, that life force of will to actually enact on the world. Um, but that is also very connected to the, the, the ego. And it's also very connected to the mind because, you know, in, in the, the embodied astrology, Aries is connected to the head and, and to the brain. Um, and so we can really understand that it's kind of that first spark of consciousness that says, oh, I'm here, and often says, screams, I'm here, you know, the baby that's, that's taking its first breath. Um, will often cry and scream and we hear it and we know and we recognize that it wasn't necessarily smooth or gentle, the process that just occurred. And so when we're in this kind of place of our head, it's very easy to connect to not the best of our mind, but the worst of our mind, the, the ways in which our mind is a predator, the ways in which um, we uh, can really get caught up in a lot of the the, the ego and the ways in which we are self-serving um, at the expense of maybe the collective or the other because the polar sign of Aries is Libra and Libra is connected deeply to the idea of the other and the idea that we are not one but that we are many and that we have to be able to negotiate the self, which is Aries, in relation to the other, which is Libra. Another thing that I've talked about previously but is worth mentioning again because Mars just entered Aries after being in Pisces in a very watery time that I spent, you know, a lot of that time in, in the bath. It's ended Pisces. It's ended its time in Pisces, which is sort of the final uh, sign in the zodiac, the oceanic watery sign in which boundaries disappear, universal love and compassion can arise, um, and that the oceanic forces of life itself can dissolve so that new life can begin again, which happens in the sign of Aries. Uh, 
this Mars in Aries transit has just begun. And unlike usual Mars transits, it's a long one. It's six months in the sign of Aries because there is a retrograde in um, Mars. Mars will be retrograding. Um, so usually there'd be, you know, more like just a couple of months, but instead we have six months of this energy. So I definitely experienced a shift um, out of, you know, with, with my capacity to act and direct my life force through that action. I was really only, <laughs> of the last few weeks, I was only connecting my life force to the bath um, and to a lot of these watery emotional um, experiences. But with Mars, that planet of action moving into the sign of Aries, this, the, the sign of action, um, that there can be a lot more congruence. Um, Mars isn't necessarily comfortable in the sign of Pisces, but it is comfortable in the sign of Aries, but it can also be a lot, right? Um, more energy, more um, drive, more, uh, more connection to these themes um, of, of Aries. But we want to be operating um, with the best of those themes. Every single sign and energy has... Um, an expression that is a little more evolved and evolving and one that is a little bit uh, more challenging and maybe less evolved and less conscious. So the goal is to try to use the sacred rage energy of Mars and Aries in a way that is soulful and connected to uh, not just the self and the ego, but that is actually connected to, um, you know, the meaningful relationship we have with, with the other and with, more Libra energy of trying to find win-win solutions, trying to be able to operate through diplomacy as well as through um, action and, uh, you know, to be able to, to use our behaviours as well as our words. Um, and this is something that that is, again, important to do on a very personal level because Mars, Mercury, Venus, these are all personal planets. Um, and having having this, this particular... Um, six month Mars in Aries time means that where we have more available to us in terms of energy. Uh, and this will look different for everybody, of course, but um, there's a little bit more of this um, assertion energy and sacred rage energy available to us. But the goal being, how do we express this um, in ways that serve us? It's so vital that we learn to hold our anger in ways that us are supportive not just so that other people can find them more tolerable, not that at all, or that we can dismiss them, but actually that we can hold it in ways that doesn't also destroy us because, you know, anger is, is vital. It, it agitates, it, it recognizes that there is something that is not just and that there is something that is not okay. Um, but it can also destroy us on the inside if we let it. And so it's the connection of being able to really bring that, anger and that rage and that desire to act um, but not let that allow us to to go into impulsion and compulsion um, that is actually doing more harm than good especially if we are not somebody who is directly experiencing a lot of um, the things that it's right to feel angry about so for me personally as a white woman I feel so much anger um, and so much, you know, desire to, to act um, and to show up and to be present in the ways that, you know, I, I came here to be present um, at this time, but I, it's not appropriate 
for me to co-opt that rage and to make that, um, you know, something that's about my ego, something that's about me being validated at an ego level. Um, and instead to actually, to actually learn how to be part of that sacredness of the warrior, which is very connected to Mars and Aries energy. It is the warrior, but to, to connect it to the warrior of compassion um, that is able to, to show up um, and to hold that rage and that, um, that anger and that action and utilize it in ways that are not, you know, making it all about me, 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 because that's very Aries energy. Aries energy is very much connected to the me. And so we want to, to really be able to be like the me and the we, which is the balancing. We always look to the, the opposite sign to balance and that's Air, uh, Libra, which it's funny because Libra's kind of phrase is I balance. So, um, it's, we do that in community. We do that by listening. We do that by using our mind in a different way because Libra is an air energy. So that's really looking at our thoughts, looking at our words, looking at the ways in which we're actually able to um, be connected to, um, to the other um, and to do that in a way that recognizes that we are, uh, we are related. You know, we're not separate. Um, the seventh house, which is the Libra um, house, is very much connected to how we relate to others um, in this life. And so, yeah, there's a lot to say about that Mars in Aries transit, but it really can be something so powerful. And asking to learn more about Mars, looking to Mars in your chart by sign and house position is a really powerful one because at this time when you're sort of able to recognize that there are things that you might want to do um, to fix something or to heal something or to help something or to, you know, even just show up. It's how do we actually do that? My Mars in my natal chart is in the sign of Taurus. And that's a very different energy to Mars in Aries is very different energy to Mars in Pisces. And so, you know, how do I show up? Taurus is a slow and steady sign. It's an earth sign. So, you know, for me showing up, um, and that's in the eighth house as well in my chart. So I can look at Mars and say, okay, my sacred action can be directed in a Taurian way, right? In a, in a way that connects to the embodied experience and the sensory experience, um, which is connected as well to Venus energy because that is the ruling planet of Taurus. Um, so in a, in a harmonious way um, that also can uh, be directed towards the eighth house themes, which are Scorpio themes, which are, um, transformative, um, taboo and, uh, intense fucking things. It's definitely something that, that it, you can do in your chart to have a look at where and how your Mars might want to act. So my, my Mars operates quite slowly and steadily, um, in a practical and pleasurable way is, is sort of the Taurus vibe, um, in a way that is really deeply connected to the earthly realm and in particular the body, um, and that, that moves towards and is willing to go um, and act on eight, eight house themes. So these themes of sex and death and taboo and intensity and transformation and life, death, life as a cycle um, of, yeah, what has to be uh, expelled because that's a very eighth house uh, energy. So that's a personal example, but you can do this in your own chart if you would like to. And I would think that it would be a very supportive thing to do with this transit occurring for the next six months 
Um, because as well, when we're trying to be in this activism, um, we're trying to act in service of our values. That is very, 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 um, very much in, in relationship to the Aries and Mars energy. Um, and another way that you can work with this stuff is also by doing your Saturn. So another thing you can look at is Saturn in your chart and, and where it is placed by sign and house. And particularly because of all of this Capricorn energy that's in the sky at the moment, um, Saturn is really where we show up and take responsibility. And it's where we enact limits and boundaries and restrictions um, in order that, that highest good can be served because some things need to be boundaried and restricted. Um, but also it can calcify and it can um, harden and it can exert tremendous pressure. So it's also important to recognise the ways in which things have calcified or crystallised or hardened um, that actually we... We don't, we don't want to have that, that anymore. We want it to be, um, to be watered down, you know. Imagine sugar crystals that then get dissolved again in water. That's really the, the earth, satin, Capricornness connecting to the cancer, um, water, um, lunarness. And I, I think that it's important to really look at, at this Saturnian energy at the moment and particularly the... The, the Capricornian Saturnian energy because it it is it is powerful at the moment and there's so much happening um, with in that little patch of sky and as I've mentioned already these big Saturn um, Pluto conjunction that occurred on the twelfth of of January is one that is basically bringing that transformative power of Pluto to our systems and structures. And this is, you know, a time where we're experiencing the confluence of many different cycles that really are signaling a, a reset for this planet and a reset for um, the people that live on it. Um, not that it erases everything that came before, but that we invite, what if we had a new way of living? What if we had a new way of relating? What if we actually had new systems and structures? It's not enough to make little changes to the ones that exist, but how do we actually dismantle and then build anew based on a much more whole and supportive and just um, principles and values and ideas that come from those that have been marginalised before, that come from the Indigenous folks, that show us that there are ways that you can relate to this planet that aren't extractive and that don't rely on domination and that much more despicable version of power um, that we can see playing out around the world at the, at, the, at the time that we're in and that has been part of, you know, history forever. But, you know, we, we don't have to continue to, to make, the same, um, make the same things in the future that we've made in the past. So I, I could talk about this energy forever, but in particular, I just want to come back to the sense that this is a full moon um, and an eclipse. And it's a time where we can really not get too much caught up in trying to do any ritual or trying to manifest shit. No, this is not a time to coagulate. This is a solve time in hermetic uh, uh, in the hermetic arts, solve and et coagula is the term. And it's sort of, you know, we need to dissolve things before we can rebuild them. So it's not yet the time to really be um, 
pushing forward, uh, as we say, that, that action is going to be present for the next six months. So ensure that, especially under this full moon energy um, and this eclipse energy that is the third of three eclipses that have just occurred since June 4th, um, that this is a portal where we're going on hyperdrive. A lot of things that need to be dissolved can be dissolved and released and processed and let go at a much more um, quick pace during these eclipse portals because things can come into our lives and things can go out of our lives very, very quickly under the, under the uh, eclipse energy. And so really uh, connect from a soul place to what might be ready to be released in your life and what might be ready to be released in the personal that is also deeply connected to the collective and to the political and to what is occurring at a more structural level in our society and how you as an individual can show up to all of that at the same time as really trying to connect to the roots, where you come from, what nourishes you, where you belong, what kind of home you're trying to build, what kind of home you want to have possible for the next generations that will come. Um, and that all of this is very difficult. It's not easy. And it was never promised to us that it would be easy. But the kinds of things that Saturn and Pluto ask us to show up for are the kinds of things that we might not choose to show up for, particularly Pluto. Pluto is very connected to, um, I mean, I've been in Pluto transits for about seven years now, and my life has been insane in that time. Uh, things have happened that I would never have chosen, ever. Um, but nonetheless, they have taught me so much and they have ripped out things from my life, structures from my life, from my mind, from my ways of thinking and feeling and being in the world that needed to go and that I wouldn't necessarily have chosen to let go in the ways that they did. So um, recognizing that as challenging as everything that is happening at the moment is that what is occurring is for something better, that one day we will have a coagula where we can reform and coagulate into a new structure um, that is different and that is better and that is um, less soul destroying for everybody, whether or not they are more or less impacted by the current soul destroying nature of things. Um, you know, there is a way in which we can reform something, but to do that, we have to really allow for what is ready to go, to go, and to release, 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 release. Um, you know, we're still planting the seeds from the new moon and from, and from you know, the, the visions and the dreams that we have for the future. But for right now, don't get into hectic ritual. Just hold an intention um, if it supports you to allow for some of what is holding you back from your um, ability to show up as, as a part of the, the, the better future that we are building, um, to let some of that be released and healed and to allow some of that um, compassion um, to oneself so that we can actually be capable of showing up compassionately as part of of the world, of the world that we're trying to preserve um, 
the planet that we're trying to preserve, but the, the ways in which that world might look different and be more supportive for us all. Um, it's a lot. It's exhausting. All of these retrograde planets are very, um, very much connecting us to these rewords, reflect, review, release, continue to do all of that stuff and just be aware of, yeah, the fact that these themes are playing out in our kind of um, our Cancer Capricorn polarity, which is really that root and what grows and how sturdy or strong what grows and how um, nourishing what might grow on that tree uh, up there that is more visible on the branches um, uh, in that kind of more public Saturnian, Capricornian part of the chart at that midday point, um, high noon, where there's maximum illumination. Um, but at least for now, we are, we are writing this, this point where it's like the most hidden and the most obvious um, part of the chart. And so we're always kind of, you know, pinging back between those things and that's okay. Um, you know, the, this idea that um, the, that an idea has to exclude its opposite is something that I, um, I think we need to, to take away um, when we're holding paradox and synthesis and being able to bridge and reconcile the seeming polarities and recognize that, you know, there are different expressions of a similar energy that when our feet are, um, are in the, the ground um, of shit and mud, that something incredible can grow um, and something that might endure and that we might be able to stretch from that root up towards the sky um, and to be, to be doing so in a way that will endure, um, in a way that will endure for the best of society and the best of us um, and the best of, of our place in this symphony, you know, that we're all experiencing. I am really excited to share the recording that I'm going to do on the Saturn, Pluto and Jupiter conjunctions and cycles. And when I will do that, I've got some um, diagrams that will really show the degree to which it is a symphony and it is this incredible harmonic of all of these different um, cycles and, and movements and the ways in which it's just uh, a, such a complex system that we are a part of. Um, and, and that what's occurring is challenging by any stretch and um, challenging in all of these ways that we can't even really necessarily articulate um, at this time yet. But it's, it's the, the, the way that we have been asked to show up um, and that there are things that will come out of this time of profound grief and trauma and change that will be able to be for the better, but only if we're actually able to do that work, to show up in the ways that are ours to show up. And, you know, that does involve going to a protest in person for a lot of people, but that is not the only way that you can show up at this time. It's ableist to believe that that is the only way to show up at this time. People can show up in any different kind of way. We need artists, we need writers, we need thinkers, we need feelers, we need people that cook, we need people that sing, we need people that are able to use their um, privilege and power, um, people that are willing to put their bodies on the line. You know, we need 
all of these different things. And not every single person needs to do all of these things, but there's certainly um, something that you can do and something that you can contribute. And under this energy of the full moon partial lunar eclipse, I think that it's vital and important and supported to actually um, invite some of what is ready to be released that might be in the way of being able to show up for that sacred work and that sacred action um, in ways that don't perpetuate more harm by releasing some of that we can actually be confident that we will be able to continue to show up and act in the ways that is our soul's work to do um, at this time and for the rest of our lives because you know, these are big cycles that we're in and they have a long-term impact. The consequences of what we do today won't necessarily be evident tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now. You know, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction cycle that I was talking about, that's more like, you know, it's like a, a cycle that takes more than 35 years. And so we actually will not necessarily see all of what is um, being initiated now see um, full impacts probably until that point, but that there's, you know, a seven year cycle within that and then a 14 year cycle within that. Um, and that these are ways in which we're able to kind of um, see that things will move, but they won't necessarily move in the ways that we uh, find so rewarding, but that doesn't mean that we don't continue to show up for the work because we don't do the work for the reward or the cookie or any of that. We do it because it's what is right. And we do it because there is no other choice in terms of showing up in this life and being able to have your soul be at peace. You know, in order to have that occur, you need to be able to actually look your soul in the face and say, I, I lived by your value and I um, showed up for the work that you asked me to do because your soul, I promise you, is trying to communicate with you um, and is trying to make um, a relationship with you that will support you through all of this intensity. Um, not make it something you like or something that's easy, but that will make you um, able to show up in that sustainable and long-term way and to show up um, in the truth of who you are so that's a lot and i really thank you for listening and i hope that there's something in there that's helpful um the these eclipses they they impact like 37 percent of our natal chart so everybody will be feeling them um in particular between 10 and 21 degrees um and 25 and 29 degrees of the mutable signs gemini virgo sagittarius and pisces they'll be impacted sensitive points in your chart um, and zero to 19 degrees of any cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. So if you do have your natal chart, you can go and have a look, um, especially having a look at where the um, clump of Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter are hanging out in your chart, because that is a very sensitive point um, that will be continuing to get worked out. Um, but certainly it's, uh, it's just a lot at the moment. So take care um, of yourself and take care of each other um, and, and commit for the long haul because it's not going anywhere. You know, these issues are not going anywhere. Coronavirus isn't going anywhere. Um, structural racist, you know, uh, society isn't um, going to be changed overnight, but it's, it's something that collectively the individuals that make up the collective will be able to, to make meaningful change um, and have already and will continue to. Uh, but for those that are, are 
invested in allowing um, their soul to be of service to the world and not just themselves, this is a, a, a powerful time to release some of what is holding, holding, um, holding you back from that. And again, you don't have to let the ego um, do all of that work. You can ask the soul for help in whatever way it, it uh, feels okay for you. Um, as always, take what works, leave the rest. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to share, you can find us on Instagram at community.cauldron. You can always reach me via email, hello at communitycauldron.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, review, um, if that's something you would like to do. If you do uh, want to kind of keep in touch, definitely subscribe and you can also sign up to our mailing list at the website, www.communitycauldron.com. I have been pretty quiet uh, on social media of late, um, firstly because I struggle with social media in general and have always not really felt very comfortable in that, in that particular way, but, um, but also because I've been deeply inward and reflecting and um, spending a lot of time um, riding the intensity of this time as much as anyone else um so just really from me uh take care and and be gentle with yourself because it's it's the long haul saturn capricorn energy is the energy of of time stretching out um it's it's long energy it's slow it's daily it's cumulative it's very very much um yeah, something that, that we build in order to sustain in the long term. And so the next time that we build, we really want to make sure that we've dissolved so much more of this crap that was invested in the original building that was done um, when these, these societies um, or these current iterations of the countries we live in, for example, where I live, um, you know, all of that nastiness that was built into the very project um, that, that was Australia is is still present. And so we want to kind of come to the next phase of building from more of this place that has dissolved some of the, the gunk and, and the horror. Um, so I leave you with that. And um, also just so much love and uh, so much care. And thank you. Thank you to everybody that is doing the work uh, in ways that we see, in ways that we don't see ways that we understand, ways that we don't understand, ways that we like, that we don't like. Um, it's going to look different to everybody. But getting in deeper relationship with your soul will help you to know that what you're doing is not coming just from that place of ego, performance, um, you know, uh, self-interest, but is actually coming from a place that is more rooted in, in what will be in our values and what will nourish us and what will actually allow for um, that to be, to be a strong foundation um, from which we build in the future. Thank you again. And my love. Goodbye.